Well, that's half true. It's Limer Sports Radio, 93 Well the Fan. I'm Garrett C. Wright. Flying solo today on Cookie and the Monster, presented by Lewis Family McDonald's. You can apply at work at mcd.com. You can work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. Appreciate you making us a part of your Wednesday, however it is, wherever it is you're doing so, whether that's on the radio at 93wonthefan.com, on the free 93wonthefan app, or by asking your smart speaker to play 93wonthefan. All guests today will appear via the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline, and you can hop on as well. 227-9393-1888-894-3776. That's 888-894-ESPN. Or you can tweet the show at 931thefan on Twitter. Plenty of uh, ridiculous topics to get into today. Uh, Plenty of fun stuff, too. Uh, We're going to try something new on a Wednesday called what if wednesday coming up about 5:25. that looking forward to diving into maybe what had ha- what had happened if and we're gonna we're gonna try that during the on wednesdays at the less busy time of the season you know or less busy time of the sports calendar because for the next oh, i don't know two weeks or so things are somewhat slow opening days coming up Final Four is this weekend, but after that, you know, the NFL draft doesn't really ratchet up all that much. After the first week of baseball, does anybody really, really care all that much? Um, especially for Ohio baseball fans, where it's not, it's not looking great or fun or exciting for the 2022 Major League Baseball season, and that stinks because this is always a fun time for me, at least for when it comes to baseball. I, I like I love the game of baseball. It is fun. It is when it's played right, it's entertaining, it's interesting. But most importantly, in and not on a day like today where it's 70 degrees and um, darn near every baseball team that can get a game in around the area today is going to get a game. High school baseball team is going to get get one in around the area today cuz hey, you take them when you can get them. But baseball signifies not just the start of a new sport or I guess I should say opening day, signifies not just the start of a new sport coming into their season and all of those things. It it signifies that, oh my gosh, that everything might not be gray forever in the state of Ohio, that there might be greenery and sunshine coming back to our lives. And man, that means just as much as the pop of the mitt, the crack of the bat. And when you don't have any excitement for that, that's what sucks. That stinks. That's terrible. When you not even opening day can get you like amped up, ready to go, excited. Ugh. It's a downer. It's a rough one. Because that's the one you know, you start inching towards April first and you're going, all right. Or this year, April seventh. Great work, Manfred. Uh you you get to the point of like, oh hey, yeah, man, this is gonna be great. This is awesome. Looking forward to it. That's perfect. Got 70-degree day today. Haven't seen the sun since October 8th. <laughs> you know, uh, there, the, there might be leaves on the trees again. At some point, be able to sit on the patio with my dogs and enjoy my life. And and then when you're like, hey, are you, you ask anybody, like, oh, are you looking forward to baseball? No. Mm. All right. Great, and I'll I'll tell you I'm a I'm I'm a f- not not even a fair weather fan. It's a something I have on in the background like eighty percent of the time. But there, 
there are certain days. It's like, yeah, I'm going to tune in. I'm going to pay attention to or certain players, certain teams, certain series that you'll pay more attention to. You'll pay attention to opening day and Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day. Last day of the regular season. There are days you can pencil it on the calendar of like, yeah, this is going to be an important day. Or for Reds fans, you know, you want to see when you're going to play the Cardinals. You're going to see when you when you're going to play the Atlanta Braves first series of the season. San Diego Padres, Los Angeles Dodgers, Cubs, Phillies, Mets. There are certain teams that are going to be a little more cachet and are going to be a little more interesting than others. Certainly, you're not going to look out for every time and maybe in 2022 you will when the Reds are going to play the Pittsburgh Pirates hell those might be the only wins the Reds get I don't know but when you already don't have that excitement and that interest for opening day where there's frankly just a complete and utter apathy in regards to not just the Reds but the Guardians as well it's tough because I like that first week of baseball season bouncing around and just being excited that the sport is back where on opening day, you know, you you listen to or watch or pay attention to a quadruple header or whatever the case may be. And even on, you know, the first Sunday of this season, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to pop in on the game at noon and I'm going to watch what I can at 3.30 or Sunday night baseball. Yeah, this is awesome. And then you fade away for a while. That excitement, it doesn't really exist right now for opening day. I would I would love to have that excitement going forward. I would love to be able to sit here and tell you, man, I'm so, so looking forward to opening day. I'm so looking forward to the first weekend of the season. I'm so looking forward to the first week and the excitement that it is going to be the Reds and the Guardians. It, it, it doesn't exist. And there's a lot of... There's a lot of reasons why. But even uh, um, Jonathan India, the red second baseman, rookie of the year, uh, talked to the media yesterday about how frustrating it kind of is right now to be a Cincinnati Red and say, hey, you know, this this isn't necessarily the most fun time to be a Red, let alone uh, flat out call it frustrating. It's frustrating that you have no control over some of your best players. Where MLB Network, by the way, over the weekend, They've, they've been doing their list of the best players at each position. The analysts on Major League Baseball Network named Jesse Winker the best left fielder in baseball. And the Reds shipped him out this offseason for a bucket of balls and to get rid of a Eugenio Suarez contract. So I would completely understand why that's a frustrating spot to be in from a Reds player because you felt like, hey, man, we might have choked a playoff spot away last August and September. But we're right there. And instead, you're going the other way. Just a almost flat-out tank job. And that's not... And I know that there are those who will tell you, oh, no, nobody tanks. No, no, no. Players don't tank. Players don't go out every day and try to suck. Front offices try to put the worst lineups they can on the field. But the guys, the nine guys who are going to play every day for the Reds and the Guardians are going to do their best, and the managers are going to do their best. David Bell and Terry Francona are going to try to win games. But it is going to be exponentially harder 
than it has been in more recent years. So, correct, teams don't tank. Front offices tank. Players, coaches, trainers, etc. don't tank. It's the suits. It's the folks who have executive vice president or chief in their name that are the tankers. But make no mistake about it, the Reds are tanking. The Guardians, almost said Indians, Guardians are for the most part tanking. They have no interest in being competitive in 2022. Now, Terry Francona and Jose Ramirez and Jonathan India, David Bell, Luis Castillo, Shane Bieber, they all have interest in being competitive in 2022. But the folks who have VP or CEO or general manager in their names aren't all that interested in being competitive in 2022. And that stinks because in baseball, there's really no, there's not a whole lot of benefit to tanking. You're going to get good draft picks? Cool, that'll help in 2026. Great. You know, football, it makes sense to tank. You can get really good pretty quick by tanking. Basketball, NBA, it makes sense to tank. You could be pretty good pretty quick by tanking. Baseball, the only reason you're tanking is because your owner's cheap. And that stinks. Don Jenkins, Jeweler Timeout on tap. Just getting started here on this Wednesday. Glad you made us a part of your day. I'm Garrett C. Ryan flying solo here on Cookie and a Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. Looking forward to Guardian Spring Training action tonight, coming up 9 o'clock as they take on the Dodgers tonight. You'll hear it here on 93.1 The Fan. we got a couple of poll questions up at 93.1 The Fan on Twitter that we want your thoughts, feelings, reactions on. And you can vote until 5.45 at 93.1 The Fan on Twitter. The first question, speaking of spring training, is do spring training results matter? And the reason we ask is, you know, um, the, the Indians have, Guardians, damn it, Guardians have won a couple of games, 11-2 and 10-2, 10-3, 9-2, 9-2. And they've lost a couple of games, 25-12, to 19-9. Um, the Reds aren't necessarily, and I mean, they've won some games nine to three. Their losses have all been by one run or two runs. Um, they don't have the kind of wild fluctuations. But the question is, do those spring training results matter? And a hundred percent say no. Good, I'm glad. I, I don't think as a team, no, 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 definitely not as a team. Definitely not as a team. But but do, do individual spring training results matter? To a point, yeah. You know, if... Um, oh, if uh, Tony Santion is pitching poorly for the Reds in spring training, you, you know, like just getting lit up, that could be a problem. But as a whole... You know, if the Reds go 0-15 in spring training, does anybody care? No, not especially. Does that matter? No. Is that a harbinger of things that are going to come during the season? I don't think so. But individually, yeah. Yeah, I think individually, individually, spring training results can matter. But is a team on a team level? No, absolutely not. So glad that we're on the same page there. 
We're also asking at 931 the fan on Twitter, will Tiger Woods play in the Masters in April? He reportedly got a practice round in at Augusta yesterday. And 56% say yes. I, I don't know. And I, that's not a... It's not a cynical, I don't know. It's not a, mm, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know. By lots of accounts, the golf course at Augusta is a lot uh, a lot more physically demanding than it looks on TV. And I don't know if Tiger goes and plays a practice round and just says, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not ready for that yet. I can't. I don't think I can do this. But I think it's encouraging to see him give it a go. I'm fascinated by that question, and we'll talk more about it coming up in about 20 minutes or so here on 93.1 The Fan. It's Cookie and a Monster going through our poll questions today that you can vote in till 545 at 93.1 The Fan on Twitter. The Another poll question we got up. Does Reds pitcher Hunter Green starting the season in the big leagues give you any extra interest in the season? Hunter Green has been long been the Reds' biggest prospect, one of the top prospects in Major League Baseball. And the club today announcing that he's going to start the season in Cincinnati. And he's going to make his first Major League appearance on Sunday, April 10th, against the Atlanta Braves. And at least for me, yeah. A a guy who, when drafted, there was a lot of talk about whether he's a pitcher or a shortstop. I I think, yeah, the, the, the guy throws 100 miles an hour. Like, it's... Like, it's uh, not even really all that difficult. So, at least for me, yeah, Hunter Green being in the big leagues makes some extra interest in the season for the Reds because, frankly, not a ton to be excited about, but a big league prospect, a big-time prospect making his major league debut, a highly regarded player who's had a hell of a road to get to Cincinnati, You know, the 2019 season, he had Tommy John surgery. 2020 season, wiped out due to COVID. Those are those are some formative years in your development that you didn't get. But he's starting in Cincinnati, and he can throw smoke. So, yeah, at least for me, it adds any interest. But the question, does Reds pitcher Hunter Green starting the season in the big leagues give you any extra interest in the season? Only 52% say yeah. That's interesting. Because I think people, you got to give folks around here a reason to not pay attention to baseball. You got to give people a reason to just check out. I think there's a big chunk of our population who wants to like just be all in 100% on the Reds and be in on the Guardians. And the fact that nobody really is is disappointing. But 52% say, yeah, that will give them... A little extra interest. And our final poll question is, off the top of your head, do you know your license plate number? 80% say no. Uh, I bought a car in February. New car that I had to get license plates for. Not a new car, a new car to me. That I had to get license plates for. And when I got my license plate, my wife then jokingly said, what number did you get? So I rattled it off to her. She's like, why do you know your license plate number? Like, well, uh, they, they gave me the license plate, so I memorized the number, so I would ever need it. She's like, what would you ever need your license plate for? And I legitimately, the only thing you would ever need your license plate for 
I I think is when you're parked at a football game and you hear the PA announcer go, uh, the driver of the 2004 Silver Jeep Grand Cherokee, license plate number XYZ123, your lights are on, which doesn't happen anymore because um, you, you, we got automatic lights. But also, um, I, I grew up in a town where that didn't really happen. There wasn't a, hey, the red Silverado parked in the parking lot your lights are on somebody just went hey pete your your light you left your lights on <laughs> you knew whose truck it was so there you didn't really have to know your license plate number but yeah i know my license plate number um and i think i can remember every license plate number i've ever had i think but i don't i don't expect everyone to know their license plate number it's not like you know, i'm not gonna put a gun to your head you know your license plate number no that's stupid but i wanted to know did you know do you know your license plate number? And I'm glad that 80% don't. It's worthless information. So those are our poll questions. Voted them until 545 at 931 The Fan on Twitter. We're going to take a Don Jenkins Jewel timeout. When we come back, some clips of Deshaun Watson being de- deposed by lawyers have leaked. And we'll play some of those clips for you and get your thoughts, your reaction on how he comes across. When we come back after this Don Jenkins Jewel timeout, well, we got Sports Center first. It's Cookie and a Monster, live with Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. We're back inside the Basement Doctor Studios, live with Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. The show presented by Lewis Family McDonald's. You can apply at work at mcd.com. You can work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. And, and that's a nice little feature, right? Get paid the day after you work? Yes, sir. We've been following, we've been tracking, we've been paying attention to the Deshaun Watson case, especially since he became a Cleveland Brown. And yesterday, um, clips of him being deposed by lawyers were were leaked to Fox 8 News in Cleveland. And we've got a few of those clips ready for ready for you to hear and, and take it all in. Obviously... Uh, first of all, obviously, uh, clips are leaked to try to make Deshaun Watson look not great. So, so we're we're going into that, going into these clips with that in mind. I, I think that's an easy and fair thing to say. No, they're not leaking this out to try to make Deshaun Watson look good. And, and I feel like maybe I maybe I haven't done a great job of uh, saying my piece on on how I feel about the entire situation. I don't. I have no idea if Sean Watson is innocent or guilty. Got absolutely no idea. But I do know that the Browns they can say they did their due diligence. They didn't. So, so I guess my hierarchy goes like this: One, the Browns claim they're comfortable with the decision that they made because of the information that they gathered. I don't think you can be comfortable with the information you gathered because you didn't speak to the twenty-two women. You didn't reach out to their lawyer. Nothing. Now, you can say, well, their legal counsel told them not to. That's fine. But you can't, it can't be both. It can't be we didn't speak to the 22 women, but we've also done a comprehensive view and got as much information as possible. No, you didn't. That, that, that is a basic fact. You didn't get as much information as possible. You didn't speak to, it's, if I got T-boned at a four-way stop and said that guy did it, and the cop only took the other guy's statement and didn't take mine, I wouldn't sit here and say, he got, a, he got a comprehensive view of what happened. You didn't ask me. You didn't get my side. 
How in the hell can you say you're comfortable with the information you gathered when you didn't ask me? That is my biggest problem. To me, if you don't speak to those women, you don't have a comprehensive view of what happened. So therefore, in my eyes, you can't feel comfortable about the decision you made. Therefore, you can't trade for that guy. That's my that's my step-by-step thought process. You didn't get the full view. You got the view of people who have a vested interest in telling you what you want to hear. You then say, we're comfortable with the allegations and the person who Sean is. You have no idea the, the allegations or the person who Sean Watson is. Then say, so therefore we're fine with trading for him. I don't, I don't think that's how that works. That's my hang-up. So if I have not done a great job of conveying that, I, I'm... I uh, got Twitter spat as now I got a discussion on Twitter about the, the case last week after Deshaun Watson's press conference where I said, the Browns are lying. <laughs> They're flat out lying. You didn't get the, the comprehensive view. You didn't. Six of the women haven't been haven't spoken on the record about what happened. So how can you say we feel good about the information we gathered? Six of this 22 women haven't said what happened. How do you feel great about that? I don't know. Nonetheless, Deshaun Watson, those clips came out of him being asked questions by lawyers. And one of the first questions he was asked was if he found one of his massage therapists attractive. Did you find her attractive? That wasn't my intention, sir. I didn't ask you what your intentions were. I can't answer that. I have a girlfriend, so that wasn't my intention, sir. Okay, so you can't, you can't answer that because you have a girlfriend? Because that's not what I was looking for. What did you want from her? Just a massage. Was she a massage therapist? Yes, sir. Licensed? I'm not sure, sir. Trained? I'm not sure, sir. Schooled? I'm not sure, sir. So that's not a great clip for Deshaun Watson. Did you find her attractive? I, I couldn't find her attractive. I've got a girlfriend. Listen, my wife and I's anniversary was yesterday, actually. Been married eight years. Loved my life. Couldn't be happier. I can tell you when somebody's attractive or not. She can tell you when somebody's attractive or not. Oh, I can't tell you that the massage therapist who ultimately, um, probably un- almost undeniably, that I had a sexual encounter with, whether I found her attractive or not. I, 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 I got a girlfriend. I couldn't tell you whether she's attractive or not. That's poppycock. That's malarkey, balderdash, other words that insinuate bull excrement. You can't tell me if somebody's attractive or not because you got a girlfriend. Come on now. Come on now. At the same time, Deshaun Watson says he doesn't know if basically any of his accusers are licensed, trained. They have any sort of like what their skills were. He, he hired them to give them a massage. Is that not somewhat sketchy? Is that not somewhat unbelievable? is at some point a professional athlete you don't care about the qualifications of the people working on your body that's a little sus right I don't think that's out of line thinking I don't think that's unreasonable you mean to tell me the people who you are entrusting your body the thing that makes you 230 million dollars guaranteed you are entrusting the care of your body to people that you don't you don't know what their skills, qualifications are. A little sketchy. But again, these clips are released. 
to make Deshaun Watson look bad. They're not. It's from the twenty-two women's lawyer. It, it's you're not going to get something that makes you go, "Oh my gosh, man, Deshaun Watson looks great here." That makes a lot of sense. He also was da- asked about um, bringing his own towel to a massage. You don't think that's a little bit strange? It can be, but I mean, we're just communicating, so. I mean, I'm seriously, Deshaun. I mean, you don't think that's just a little bit weird? I'm serious too, sir. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not criticizing you. I'm just trying I to mean, figure out. You, you, you are, think kinda, that's a little bit, bit weird? I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I'm actually kind of in Deshaun's camp there because I, when I'm, when I'm listening to this for the first time, and he's like, "I'm not criticizing you." Inside my brain, I'm like, "Well, you kind of are." And Deshaun Watson says, "Well, you kind of are. You are criticizing me. You, generally, you don't ask questions. Going now, isn't that weird? Isn't it weird that you did that thing? Isn't that weird?" And I'm not being condescending or mean or critical. That that's generally how that works. If that's the language and the tone you're going to use, if isn't it weird that you did that? You're not being like, oh, I'm trying to be fair to you. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. You, you, you sound. Now, is it weird that you drove 30 miles outside of Houston to go to a quote-unquote massage therapist when she told you that she lived at her mom's house and you're going to drive 30 minutes outside of Houston and bring your own towel? That's not maybe a little weird. Yeah, that's a little weird, Deshaun. Using 22 different massage therapists over the course of uh, a couple of years is is weird according to every NFL player who's spoken about it, that having that many massage therapists is weird. The entire situation is weird. Whether weird is criminal or certainly paints you as a sexual predator, I'm not here to judge. But beyond a reasonable doubt, is that weird? Hell yeah, that's weird. Now, why would you take your own towel, Deshaun? Huh. I wonder if there's... Anything that would happen that you might need to have in that towel or on that towel that you can't let anybody else be in possession of. That's weird. But at the same time, you have to keep in mind that the reason we just heard those clips is because people wanted us to hear those clips. I also have to imagine, and and this is the one that I'm willing to say I could very well, this was what I could be the most wrong on. That if that's the worst you got, I I don't, how do you, how do you just suspend Deshaun Watson for six games? Because he he took his own towel to hook up with somebody? No, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see that leading to a year long suspension. I don't. If that's the best you got, I think it's super difficult to paint Deshaun Watson in this light that obviously the attorney, Tony Busby, of the 22 accusers would love for him to be painted in. He would love for him to be painted in a super negative light where the first time he's caught in a lie, you can question his credibility and believe, and you then say, I don't know that I can believe anything he said because he lied about XYZ. But I don't. I can't imagine a scenario where leaks of Deshaun Watson's accusers, or I guess clips of Deshaun Watson's accusers, are leaked out. Can't see that happening because you lose in the court of public opinion immediately. And if there's one thing that Deshaun Watson cares about, it's winning in the court of public opinion because it can't be both. It can't be. 22 women 
accuse him of sexual impropriety and him saying on Friday, I've never disrespected a woman. I've never assaulted a woman. I've never done any of the things that they have accused me of. It absolutely 100% cannot be both. If you've listened to the show for any period of time, you will know that I'm, I'm a big proponent of a lot of the times it can be both in a lot of situations. It can't in this one. It can't be. He says he's never done anything like he's being accused of, and 22 people say he has. Now, a friend and I had a conversation over the weekend where he said, I believe him because why would he fight it if he wasn't innocent? And I don't, that is the easiest thing to debunk. Harvey Weinstein was adamant that he didn't sexually assault any actresses or anything like that. And it's abundantly clear he did. O.J. Simpson fought the idea that he murdered Nicole Brown Simpson and Neil Goldman, Ron Goldman. When it's abundantly clear who their murderer is. Just fighting something does not make you innocent. There are three outcomes in the Deshaun Watson case. There are, he settles, and everyone believes he's guilty. Ask yourself that right now. If Deshaun Watson were to come out today and say, hey, I've reached a settlement with the 22 women, this is over. You think he's guilty, don't you? Or you can fight it. And you win... And you're exonerated. People will believe you did nothing wrong if you win the civil lawsuits or you fight it and lose. And you can paint yourself as a victim of a of flat out ignorance that you were young and dumb and didn't know the situation you were putting yourself in. And it's unfair. And it was a blatant cash grab by massage therapists who all colluded to steal this money from you. And there is a certain portion of the population who will believe that that believe that story. Just like there's a certain portion of the population that will always believe, no matter what, even if you fight it and win, that you're still a sexual predator. Now, it's a smaller portion than those that you can convince that if you fight it and win, or fight it and lose, you can convince a lot of people that you're the victim in this situation. So the best case scenario for Deshaun Watson personally, in the court of public opinion, which is obviously what he cares about most, is to fight it. Now, whether somebody else can get in his head and say, hey, we gotta cut this. We gotta cut this off, brother. We gotta shut it down. We can't let this drag on. Is a discussion for another day. But what Deshaun Watson said on Friday is, "Hey, I'm going to fight this. I'm not going to settle because I didn't do anything wrong." And that's a pretty strong take for somebody who's being accused by the number of women and the amount of women that he is. So there's really two there's there's two scenarios. Either the Sean Watson is telling the truth and there are a lot of people who will have to apologize and eat some crow at the end of the entire situation. Or he's some sort of sociopath who has the ability to lie through his teeth and not feel any remorse for that whatsoever. And I'm interested to find out which one it is. Time for another Don Jenkins Jewel timeout. It's Cookie and a Monster. We'll wrap up the first hour. Talk about Tiger Woods playing to the Masters after this Don Jenkins Jewel timeout. We got Sports Center first, right here on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Basement Actor Studios is where we are. High top the square here in downtown Lima. And even though it's 
somewhat warm. Still kind of a dreary, overcast day here in downtown Lima. But we'll take 72, especially when the rest of the week sounds like well, not great. Not great. It's Cookie and a Monster, show presented by Lewis Family McDonald's. You can apply at work at mcd.com. You can work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. Is Tiger Woods going to play at a Masters? It's one of our poll questions up at 931thefan on Twitter. Flat out, will he play? 52% say yeah. And really, it's um, in April. I mean, it's hell, it's March 30th. It's not like we're... It's not like it's December. It's a couple weeks. It's it's next week. <laughs> so we don't have a whole lot of time to figure it out and debate it. But I will say, I don't know whether he will or won't. I'm, I imagine he's got a pretty good strong feeling one way or the other after he gets a practice round in, maybe two practice rounds in. Can you play four rounds? Because your body's different than it was the last time you were here. And I know that I have to, at least I have to imagine that that's a difficult realization to come to is that your body is much different than it was before. But at the same time, my hope is the Tiger does play. And I am not one of the people who will tell you, um, you know, oh, golf is better. College football is better when Miami and USC and Texas are good. College football is great all the time. College basketball is better when Kansas and Duke are good. Eh, is it? So I'm not going to sit here and say, golf is better when Tiger's great. Because I'm I, I'm flat out not a golf guy. I, I don't hate it. It's just not my bag. If that's your thing, awesome. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope for your sake that Tiger Woods plays. Because I have to imagine that when Tiger Woods plays, you are invested and it's that much more fun for you. But I'm not a golf guy. The only amount of time I've ever watched the Masters. I've watched about four holes of Masters coverage. In 2019, when Tiger Woods won the Masters. That's it. <laughs> and that is the extent of my Masters watching. Never turned it on. Never flipped it on. I don't find the allure of golf. It's not for me. Again, not knocking it if that's your bag, man. If I... I there are there are sports that I love that you would probably think are stupid. I'm not going to crap on golf if that's your thing. It's just not for me. Playing it, I don't have the patience for it. Watching it, I, I'm not all that entertained by it. So I, I don't watch it. The Masters just isn't my thing. There are those who, and, and there are people who are not even really sports fans. I see it every April. that You scroll through your Facebook feed and... Somebody you have never seen say anything about sports will tell you how much they enjoy watching the Masters. I, it's just not a thing. But can I be coerced into watching it if Tiger's going to be playing? Yeah. One, because I want to see what that looks like. After a horrendous car crash, I remember sitting here in this very chair the day it happened. It had broke just early, right before we came on the air. Man, Tiger Woods is in a serious car accident, and there are conflicting reports about whether he survived it or not. And to go from that to playing at Augusta National again in the Masters and a 
incredibly short amount of time where there was talk of amputation of legs, reconstruction of joints, to back to playing in 2022. I could not watch if it happens. So I hope he does. Will he or not? I don't know. I have to believe that if he, the only way he plays is if he believes he's got a shot to be competitive. And whether that's realistic or not, I'm not sure. That'll do it for the first hour of today's show. We'll take a Don Jenkins short timeout. Come back with our Blue Jackets blast. Bob Miguel get the voice of the CBJ will join us. When we come back, first hour in the books, second hour coming up, Cookie and a Monster. You're on Lima Sports Radio. It's 93 1 a fan. Second hour, Cookie and a Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 93 1 a fan. I'm Garrett Seawright, flying solo this week. John on a much needed vacation. Appreciate you making us a part of your day, however it is, wherever it is you're doing so, whether it's on a radio at 93.1thefan.com, on the free 93.1thefan app, or by asking your smart speaker to play. 93.1thefan, all guests today appear via the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline, and you can as well, 227-9393-1888-894-3776. That's 888-894-ESPN. You can also tweet the show at 93.1thefan on Twitter. Where we got a couple of poll questions up that we'll run down real quick. We're asking, do spring training results matter? So far, 100% saying no. Good. Glad we're on the same page there. We're also asking, will Tiger Woods play in a Masters in April? 52% say yes. Does Reds pitcher Hunter Green starting the season in the big leagues give you any extra interest in the season? 51% say no. In the final poll question, off the top of your head, do you know your license plate number? 81% say no. No, they don't. Again, you can vote in our poll questions until 545 at 931 The Fan on Twitter. We now head to the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline for our weekly Wednesday chat with Bob McGilligan of the Columbus Blue Jackets, except it hasn't exactly been weekly. Bob, I don't was it was it, was it February? <laughs> February the last time we hooked up? Six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. Not that I'm counting, but six weeks. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the, the high school basketball tournament in there, and uh, I don't know what else happened, but uh, we're, we're glad to have you back on the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline. Bob, do you know your license plate number off the top of your head? I do. Do you? I do. You are in the 18% of elites. I have that, I have four vehicles right now. I know three of the license plate numbers. That's That's a flex right there. It is. And the other one I just got, so I don't know that See, one. Yet. I, I, I literally I, just picked it up at the BMV a week and a half ago. So. I got my license plate. I bought a, a new card to me in February, and I had to go get the plate. And when I brought it home, my wife jokingly said, what license plate number did they give you? And so I told her, and she was like, why do you know that? Like, well, they uh, they gave me the license plate. Well, she's like, yeah. you, you know your license plate number? Right. Like, you don't know why yours? But a, apparently 18% are the ones that know their license plate number on our very scientific poll. And the, and the other, uh, would you say 18%? 18, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the rest of them are all, when you go into one of those uh, parking lots where you have to put in your license number, they're the ones running back to their cars. <laughs> going, uh, I think there's a J in it. Like, great, perfect, thank right. you. <laughs> no, I, needed, I needed this to take longer. Uh, so since it's been a while since we talked to you, let's uh, let's go back at least to the to the trade deadline last Monday where uh, Max Domi gets moved in a, in a super complicated deal is that is that a fair assessment that it's a complicated deal where he technically got traded to one team for about a minute and a half and then got traded to another team to make this all work? 
Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. I just see it as though he went from Columbus to Carolina. And, and, they, and the Blue Jackets get a player back that's a, a college defenseman at Boston College. So, to me, that's the only parts that matter. But, yes, you're right. The Florida Panthers were involved with a little bit of salary tinkering there and all that kind of stuff. So, so Max Domi, I, I think it's fair to say, was the last guy on the roster who was not, and this might not be fair, was not afraid to to fight. It, it, whether that's treading lightly or not, I don't know. But, but he certainly, uh, I mean, he, he um, I wouldn't say afraid to fight. I don't think that's fair. But I will say would be a more willing combatant right. than some others. How's that? that? That's a good way to put it. He was more willing to, to drop the gloves and, and go with he somebody. He was looking for it. There yes. are other guys that will do it, but it has to find them. They won't find it. And, it. and they're a rare breed of dudes who are like, I hope, like, I'm just in a mood. That I hope I can I can scrap tonight, but he was the last guy on that on the roster that that fit that bill. Um, it, it, has that been or is that a a problem for the remainder of the season and going forward? Not for the remainder of the season, but somewhere if you're going to get good, which this team will, um, once you're in a true playoff race and once you're in the playoffs and looking to advance in the playoffs, that will become more important. Is that is it is that cyclical? Like in baseball, you see a bunch of teams say, "Okay, we're going to win by hitting home runs," and then you get another portion that say, "We're going to win by playing by pitching and defense." Well, then everybody moves to we're playing pitching and defense. Well, somebody's got to win a different way. Is the is this is it cyclical? Where in the NHL, everybody's like, "I got to get really, I got to get a ton of still skill guys on my team," and and nobody has that 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 menace on the ice. Will that come back around at some point? I think, I think it will. It's not going to come back around the way it was. You're not going to see five, six fights tonight in the league. That's not going to happen. But Mm -hmm. I, I do think one thing that's never gone away is if you have skilled players on your team, you don't want, and there are teams, there are some teams that have guys to protect those skilled players. But in today's game, it used to be, that that player, it didn't matter if he could skate a lick or if he could play at all. He just had to be able to beat the heck out of somebody. He had to be, the fact that he was just there was enough of a deterrent. But in today's game, you've got to be able to play and do that. And that's where the gray area is because there's only so many guys that can do that. Um, in the Metropolitan Division that the Blue Jackets play in, you look at the Washington Capitals, they have Tom Wilson. Mm-hmm. Tom Wilson can fight. Tom Wilson is dirty. But Tom Wilson also could play in the top line with Alex Ovechkin because he has. So um, they're not as uh, – that kind of player isn't as prominent. It was always easy in the day to find some, as they used to say, some cement head to go out there and fight. <laughs> but today they've got to play and fight. The Rangers have Ryan Reeves. He can do that. Um, the Minnesota Wild, we just saw them. they got a couple of guys who can do it, but they picked up Nicholas Delarier from the Anaheim Ducks at the trade deadline purposely because he has that strength in his game, and they know they're going to have to literally fight their way through the Western Conference if they want to win the Stanley Cup. So um, it is still, it's still there. I think it comes back. I've, I've said for two years I would try to – I would make that a priority just to get tougher and because you can intimidate a lot of teams in this league right now just if you have one or two of those guys because a lot of teams don't have them. So I think it'll be I, – I think it'll come back a little bit more prominently. But, again, it's never going to be the old uh, 
I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. Yeah. That's not. It's not going to go back to being that at all. Bob, how many folks could I call a, a, a cement head before I get Will Smith? Will, Will Smith at the Oscars? Well, even if you did, you wouldn't get that hurt. It was just a little girly slap. But anyway, <laughs> um, it just depends the people that you're saying it to. I think that's true. So that's I, a great line, though. I'm going to say with the people in your life, you could probably get away with it more often than you think. You're probably right, but that it's a fantastic. That's a fantastic line. Which one? The, the cement head. Like just calling people cement heads. Like that is that is spectacular. Yeah, and, and if you call the right people, so they won't even think about it. That's that, that's true. So we're getting into the final month of the season here for the Blue Jackets. We're speaking with Bob McGallagher, the voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets, on the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline. And uh, as we as we gear into the final month of the season, what's the outlook? How is the how is um, morale? Because things have honestly, I think, gone better than than expected for the Blue Jackets through this point in the season. Yeah, they have. Um, uh, the morale's good. I mean, the the players. Look, let's just take this the past three games as an example they went to winnipeg on friday and they had to play two big strong teams winnipeg friday minnesota saturday and you know they battled in the winnipeg game they were down three to two they came back to tie it with 14 seconds left in the third period they lost it in overtime but they battled back and they tied it uh the next night in minnesota they had a two to one lead until there was a minute left in the third period minnesota tied it with a goaltender pulled and then they won in overtime so those were two losses, but they were also two points. And it was also two big teams that when the Blue Jackets played those kind of teams earlier in the season, they didn't fare well at all. And then they last night they played uh, the New York Islanders at home, and the Islanders were terrible at the beginning of the year. Uh, they're back to the form of the team that went to the Eastern Conference Final last year, and they built a 4-1 to lead, and the Blue Jackets came back and lost 4-3 to and had numerous chances in the final three minutes to tie that game. Just couldn't get the final one over the line. So they've grown, and they are, you know, those those last three games are all losses technically, but you can see the steps that the team itself has taken, uh, where they've improved, where they've gotten better. And, um, you know, that and the record still is better than I'm sure the organization thought it was going to be at this time of the year. So when you put that all together and then you look at the, players coming on the horizon and didn't you think about the draft coming up this summer i mean it's uh, the mood is good the players like each other they really do we just talked to jake bean earlier today jody shelley and i interviewed him and uh i asked him about that because he said you know we have a good group and i said i said everybody says that mm -hmm. yeah and, and look when i first came to columbus there were there were teams where everybody got along but if they won great if they lost yeah oh well you know hey we're in the nhl we're having a good time this team's not like that. They're competitors, and they want to win. And, and Jake said, yeah, that's that's why we get along so well, because everybody has the same mindset. We're all about the same age, and we all know that we're not even close to our ceiling yet. So, yeah, they've overachieved, and, and the morale is good. Well, that's it, that's an encouraging spot to be in, Bob. That, that's, that's, that's nice to hear. I know that that's a weird sentiment for, for hockey, but it is, <laughs> you know, where we were, um, I guess at this point last year, um, compared, you know, the, the, the course of the twelve months has, has been pretty nice. It has been, and uh, you know, there were a lot of good guys and a lot of popular guys that uh, were here then and aren't here now. And uh, this, you know, this new group is starting to play the same way that that old group played, and and understanding the responsibilities of it all. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, 
it's all been good. It's it's a weird year in the Eastern Conference where, you know, normally you get the 90 points. You're, you're looking at getting into the playoffs with 90, 92, 94 points. Every team's going to have over 100 that gets in the playoffs this year. It's it's really strange. and So it's, um, you know, kind of a bad luck in that draw. But, you know, all in all, nobody really expected to make the playoffs this year. Right. Right. But now they're going to go into next year feeling, hey, we're right there. We're right on the cusp. We can do it. Well, short short rebuilds and short retools are they're they're, they're a little more fun than uh, what what the I guess the Reds are going to do. So <laughs> I don't know what the Reds do. <laughs> so every time I look, I go, "Why did they trade that guy?" Uh, well, because they cost money, Bob. Uh, uh, money, you know. These owners are poor. Damn it. Right. I always thought those other sports had a lot of money in their TV deals that kind of took care of a lot of things. But anyway, what do I know? Yeah, it's crazy. The Reds are going to check yeah. for Major League Baseball for $150 million, but they don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, wouldn't you like to be in that spot? Jared? Yeah, that would be. You know, I, everybody tells you money won't solve your problems. I sure would like to find out. Uh, Bob, <laughs> appreciate your time. Glad that we get you back on here after a hot minute, and uh, we'll talk to you next Wednesday. All right, great to talk to you. Thanks. That's Bob McGilligan, voice of the Blue Jackets, joining us on the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline. Don Jenkins, your timeout. Football at 515 next on 93 on the Fan. Looking forward to Guardian Spring Training action, action coming up at 859 tonight here on Lima Sports Radio. 93 on the Fan as we inch closer and closer and closer to spring training. Or not spring training, to opening day. They're in the middle of spring training. Take it on the Dodgers. Tonight it's time for football at 515, though. And Service Master at your service welcomes you to football on 515. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes a difference. And that's why at Service Master, they don't cut corners. They clean them. The NFL owners meetings going on right now in Florida. And that would be a nice little place to be, by the way. But Roger Goodell met with the media yesterday, and a lot of the questions he was asked was about Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson and um, whether the allegations against him, things like that, work against him in regards to the personal conduct policy. Now, Roger Goodell says that he will not put Deshaun Watson on the commissioner's exempt list, which basically means you're suspended until I say you're not suspended. He's not going to be put on that list. Now, he didn't say anything about whether, or I guess he, he said plenty about whether he would be on the personal conduct policy suspended by that. And he said, you don't have to be charged criminally or you don't have to plead guilty criminally to be suspended under that. We've been very clear with every club. The personal conduct policy is something that's very important to us. And so the personal conduct policy does not need a criminal violation to be a violation of the personal conduct policy. So they recognize that that's something that we're going to pursue. So there's a there's a difference between the commissioner's exemplist and the personal conduct policy where he still could be suspended under the personal conduct policy, but he won't be suspended under the commissioner's exemplist, and, and Goodell said this This is why. The civil cases were in play over the last year also. Uh, the only thing that's changed is the criminal element it has been at least resolved. And and that was an important element in the context of the commissioner's example that we've discussed with our Players Association. So if the criminal had proceeded, that would more likely have triggered a commissioner's example. So, so basically, you know, if the grand jury hadn't decided to indict Deshaun Watson, then he would have been put on the commissioner's exempt list, but because he wasn't, because they weren't, 
because he wasn't indicted. He wasn't put on the commissioner's exempt list. Now, I, I find the... It's it's interesting to me the the timing aspect because everybody's going to want to know as soon as possible what is going to happen, what the suspension looks like if there's a suspension. I think most people are under the assumption that there will be a suspension, but how does that look? What does that look like? And I've said before, and I believe it that this is Exhibit A. The NFL will wait to do something for as long as possible. Because you can't get in trouble. There is no backlash for you not doing anything. All you have to say is, we're still investigating. And you can do whatever you want. Ah, we're still investigating. We're still investigating. There's no blowback about whether the suspension was too tough, not enough, whether it's fair, unfair, just, unjust, if you don't do anything. If you do nothing, you don't got to worry about blowback. But Roger Goodell did speak on the timeline of when something would happen. And, of course, it's kind of just corporate mishmash of nothing. Our people are working on it. Obviously, you know, these are serious charges, so we're, we're looking at this seriously. We uh, now have, obviously, at least resolution from the criminal side of it. Obviously, there's still civil charges that are going on. So our investigators hopefully will have access to more information. And that will be helpful, obviously, in getting to the conclusion of what are the facts and and was there a violation of the personal conduct policy. But that determination will be made by a joint disciplinary officer that was established by the NFLPA and the NFL. And so she will make that decision when the facts are all in. And we'll see. There's no time frame on that. Yeah, that's 37 and a half seconds of Roger Goodell pretty much saying nothing. (laughs) There's not a whole lot there until we've got no time frame for that. Yeah, you could have just said that. Um, You know, these are serious allegations that we're taking seriously. Thank you for that, Roger. Appreciate that. And I get it. You got to just say a bunch of nonsense to make it sound as if you're really taking this super seriously, etc., when in reality, hey, I, we're, we're doing our best. We're going to get this done when we can. There's no timetable. There's no timetable. We're not going to set a deadline, etc. All right. But it just is, you know, it's gobbledygook of, uh, oh, well, you know, these are very serious allegations that we're going to take very seriously and we hope to get more information. Right. I, I know that. When do you think you will get that information? Will it become a priority to get this information quicker or earlier than you originally planned ah we don't have a time frame perfect great thanks roger appreciate your time it's line with sports radio 93 one a fan i'm garrett c right i've made an executive decision without john cook's input that's generally how great partnerships go <laughs> we're gonna start something fun uh you're at 525 ish uh on wednesday it's called what if wednesday what if something happened differently what if it shook out just a little bit different than it did so we're going to unveil what if wednesday and i think this first one is a super interesting deep dive because it changes the complexity of the nfl over the course of the last month and a half if one thing went differently so we'll ask our first what if wednesday when we come back after this don jenkins Stewart timeout we've got sports center first on cookie and a monster here on live with sports radio 93 on the fan 
Show presented by Lewis Family McDonald's. You can apply at work at mcd.com, and you can work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. It's Cooking and a Monster. I'm Garrett C. Wright, flying solo this week. John on a much-needed, much-deserved vacation, so he'll be back on Monday recapping the Final Four, preview of the National Championship game, opening day, all of that fun stuff. So I'll take you through the rest of this week, and we'll be back together next week. But starting today, and if this goes horribly, horribly wrong, it might just become a one-time thing, but I think it's fun to do a what-if Wednesday. What if sports questions? What if something had turned out different? What if one detail was changed? So our first what-if Wednesday is what if Justin Fields had stayed for the 2021 Ohio State football season? Now, I know that he didn't. And I know that he probably wasn't going to. But let's just say he felt like he got shortchanged on the 2020 season by only getting to play six regular season, five regular season games, a Big Ten championship game, a bowl game against Clemson where he got his ribs destroyed, and a national championship game. What if he just felt like he got shortchanged and said, let's run it back. We're doing it again in 2021. What if? And for me, at least, this is almost more about what the NFL would look like over the course of the last month rather than what the 2021 Ohio State football season looks like. Does Justin Fields lead Ohio State to the national championship? Maybe. Potentially. Was C.J. Stroud the reason they lost to Oregon? I don't think so. Was he the reason they lost to Michigan? I don't think so. Are they exponentially better on offense with Justin Fields? I don't think so. Are they better? Yeah especially at the start of the season when we had the discussion every week of whether C.J. Stroud was good or not. Those were the days. Now it's to the point where everybody watching Ohio State's Pro Day is like, yeah, I don't don't really care about Chris Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Can we talk to C.J. Stroud? No, no, you can't. But in September and October of last year, we had the poll questions. Is C.J. Stroud any good? Should C.J. Stroud still be the starting quarterback? (sighs) So it's not necessarily about Ohio State last year. Does Ohio State beat Oregon if Justin Fields comes back? Probably not because, you know, uh, they ran the same damn play 15 times. If Justin Fields could play defensive end or linebacker, maybe. But that's neither here nor there. If Justin Fields comes back, does he win the Heisman Trophy? Probably got a pretty good shot at it. He's a senior. Chris Olave, Gary Wilson's a senior. Freshman running back. And Travion Henderson, Jeremy Ruckert's very good. Great offensive line. Yes, probably wins the Heisman Trophy. But in the NFL, I think you've seen all of the quarterback shuffling going on with the trades of Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson and eventually Jimmy Garoppolo um, because nobody really believes all that strongly in the quarterback class of 2022 in the NFL draft. I don't think many people believe that Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Matt Corral – are the franchise quarterbacks that people would need. That's why you see lots of picks being thrown out for Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, etc. It's it's why you see the the shuffling because nobody thinks that their future is in the draft. Nobody says, you know what, I feel pretty good about going into next season with Kenny Pickett. I don't, I don't, I don't see that from folks. 
But if Justin Fields is there, he's the cut-and-dry number one quarterback, right? He's the cut-and-dry number one pick. Do the Pittsburgh Steelers sign Mitch Trubisky if Justin Fields is available in the draft? Who knows? Do the Washington Commanders trade for Carson Wentz when Justin Fields available? Do the Browns trade for Deshaun Watson if Justin Fields is available? Justin Fields was the fourth quarterback taken last year with the 11th pick. And obviously with the way draft picks are paid nowadays, that doesn't necessarily matter. If this was 2005, yes, Justin Fields should have came back for his senior season at Ohio State because you can hold out. like You're the fourth quarterback taken at pick number 11 last year. You're not going to get a $60 million guaranteed contract. You're the number one overall pick the next year because you came back, won the Heisman Trophy, led Ohio State to a national championship. And again, I don't think Ohio State was national championship good this past season, as evidenced by their performance by Oregon, Michigan, Utah. So, but you're the number one overall pick. Would you be in a better situation than you are in Chicago right now? Justin Fields got drafted by the one franchise in the NFL who doesn't care about the starting quarterback position. Every NFL team would have a Mount Rushmore of their best quarterbacks of all time. And you could debate who the third and fourth best team, third and fourth best quarterback are in that team's history on their Mount Rushmore. The Chicago Bears have middle linebacker Mount Rushmore. They don't have a quarterback Mount Rushmore because their best quarterback in NFL in their in their history is Jim McMahon, who was a average NFL quarterback. You, you as a quarterback got drafted by the one city, the one franchise that doesn't care about quarterbacks, which is probably why they've not been very successful over the course of the uh, last 35 years of the NFL. How the hell Rex Grossman led them to a Super Bowl, I don't know. But that's the reality. Damn near every other franchise. The Jacksonville Jaguars would have a Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. And they've been in the league for 25 years. The Chicago Bears don't have a Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. So conceivably, and maybe the Bears would be trading up for Justin Fields if he came back to Ohio State. It's what if Wednesday, what if Justin Fields came back to Ohio State in 2021? He's the number one pick in the 2022 NFL draft. Bar none. Because the Jacksonville Jaguars right now are like, I don't know. Do, does anybody want this pick? Does anybody want Aiden Hutchinson so bad they'd be willing to trade up for it? Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal, does anybody want this so bad that they'd trade us for it? Because we'd love to get out of here. We'd love to drop down to five, pick up some other picks. But there isn't that star quarterback where last year Justin Fields was one of five first-round QBs. This year, if he was entering the draft, See, one of two, one of three first-round quarterbacks where he's cut and dry the number one overall pick. And believe me, I'm not sitting here saying, I think Justin Fields made a bad decision. I don't. Every player who's a college football player, if you're going to be a first-round pick, you should leave. You should leave college early if you're going to be a first-round pick. And if you're going to be a top 15 pick, you absolutely should leave. But if knowing how it all played out, that you got drafted by a coach who is widely regarded as flat-out incompetent and a GM who is now fired, 
and you could have come back to Ohio State, conceivably win the national, or conceivably win at least the Heisman Trophy, maybe compete for another national championship, be the number one overall pick. Does that sound better to you? Because it would to me, if hindsight is twenty twenty. If you get to look back at it later. And Justin Fields, in his Boston Terrier-looking face, sits down in a mirror and goes, okay, I could be the 11th pick in the NFL draft. I'm the fourth quarterback. Got drafted by the one franchise who doesn't care about quarterbacks. Got drafted by a GM and coach who are now no longer there due to their own incompetence. Or come back for a senior year, win the Heisman Trophy, be the first pick in the NFL draft. Now you're still at, at... Whatever team's mercy is, trades up to get the number one overall pick. But is your situation better than what it is right now? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. There's a ton of variables there. But I think the last month and a half of the NFL offseason, or not, maybe just the last month of the NFL offseason, is drastically different. Because if you're the Denver Broncos, do you say, all right, I can trade... <laughs> my entire draft for the next two years and Noah Fant for Russell Wilson, or I can trade up to get the number one pick and take Justin Fields. The Washington Commanders, the Indianapolis Colts, the New Orleans Saints. Coming into this offseason, every team under the sun was, huh, do we need to make a change of quarterback? Where half the league is trying to figure out what they're going to do. And half the league, out of desperation, made trades that they felt like they had to get done because they were going to get left behind if they didn't get somebody. I think part of that has to do with this year's NFL draft quarterback class being somewhat underwhelming. And I don't think it would get that reputation if Justin Fields was available this year rather than last year. But what if? So that's our first edition of What If Wednesday. Let me know if you think that sucks or whatever. You know, I'm open to criticism. I'll listen. But I thought it was kind of fun. We might keep What If Wednesday rolling in the future when Cookie's back next week. Right here on Cookie and a Monster. Time for our final Don Jenkins Joy Timeout. We'll recap the poll results. Get you some water cooler conversation as well. We got Sports Center first on Lima Sports Radio. 93 won the fan. Back inside the basement doctor studios for a final time here. Lima Sports Radio, 93-1 to fan. I'm Garrett C. Ryan, flying solo today. I'm the monster part of Cookie and a Monster, I assume. We never had that discussion. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume the cookie is the cookie part, <laughs> and I'm the monster. But glad you made us a part of your day here on this Wednesday. We had a couple of poll questions up at 931 the fan on Twitter. We asked, do spring training results matter? And fourth, I believe the first time at Cookie the Monster history, we got a 100% unanimous no. Spring training results do not matter. Good. I'm glad we're all on the same page there. Because I just I could hear somebody saying, well, you know, I knew the Guardians were going to suck when they got beat 25-10 in a spring training game. Like, oh, come on now. No, you didn't. I knew they were going to suck when they haven't given anybody a second contract in the Dolan's entire history of owning the team. Never mind, never mind. We're also asking, or we were asking, will Tiger Woods play in the Masters in April? 51% say yes. It's almost 50-50. Interesting. Interesting. 51% though say yes. We're also asking, we're also asking, 
Does Reds pitcher Hunter Green starting the season in the big leagues give you any extra interest in the season? 53% say no. They have no extra interest in the Reds, even though their top prospect is going to start the season in Cincinnati. And our final poll question was, off the top of your head, do you know your license plate number? 83% say no. And we've all been there. I think I, I can. I, I, it's st- stupid. Like I know my debit card information. Sitting right now, I know what it is. And my wife is always like, "It's amazing that you can remember that." Well, no, it's it's not. It's just I'm lazy. <laughs> Every time you're like, "Hey, you're buying something online. What's your debit card info?" Like I don't have my wallet on me once I get home. I will take these pants off, put different pants on, while it is laying on the floor of my spare bedroom. So every time you want my car and I got to get up, or I could just remember the number, why I remember the number for, the, the license plate number for my dad's um, 1998 Dodge Ram pickup truck, I don't know. But I do. I remember it. Like, I have a reason to remember my debit card. My mom's license plate for her 1994 Plymouth Grand Voyager I don't know why I knew that but I did and still do PNZ 914 it's long gone now but that was my first car by the way Grand Voyager my very first car was a van you can tell you can probably guess who had to drive everywhere pack nine high school juniors in a minivan and drive that puppy to wherever you wanted to go I always had to drive. Always. We can fit more people in your car. Right, I have a van. It's ridiculous. Time to hit the water cooler. I I, I think this is um, fantastic. Uh, There is a story in Sports Illustrated, the next edition of Sports Illustrated, about um, how, how every mascot is wrong. And the writer of this mascot didn't, didn't know it was going to go this way. That he and his girlfriend went to a University of Minnesota basketball game, and it, it, it played out like this. She literally screamed in the arena. That's not a gopher. Her expertise in the animal kingdom is rodents, so this is her wheelhouse. And so this is, like, deeply offensive to her, and she's saying the striping patterns are all wrong. A gopher. These are subterranean mammals that are uniform in color. So she starts, like, while a basketball game is taking place, starts going through the checklist. She's like, you know, is it a beaver? No. Is it a chipmunk? And she's like, no. And then all of a sudden she comes up and she's like, I'm convinced it's a golden-mantled ground squirrel. She says this to me on the phone, and then I Google it, and I'm like, holy sh! This is what it is. (laughs) And she was so upset that she actually wrote a letter to the athletic director at the University of Minnesota. And she's like, you guys screwed this up. I'm a PhD in mammalogy. If anybody would know what a gopher looks like, it's me. And that is not a gopher. And she said, I never heard back. Imagine going to a game and it ends with the person you went to the game with sending an email to the athletic director saying that 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 animal is not correct. I've never in my life, went to a sporting event and left and thought, I need to email the athletic director about anything, let alone that your go- your gopher is not a gopher. 
but basically every mascot that is an animal like the actual physical mascot maybe not the logo or the nickname or whatever but the arizona wildcat according to this story in sports illustrated is not a wildcat the minnesota golden gopher is not a gopher it's a golden something ground squirrel i golden tainted no that's not the right word <laughs> that's not the right word golden taunted i think maybe golden taunted ground squirrel that ain't it but now you know that it's all a lie and i'm glad i could share that with you back at it again tomorrow same bad time same bad channel got a whole lot to talk about as we preview the final four look forward keep inching closer to opening day NFL Draft is approaching as well, and we'll chat more about it. Coming up tomorrow on the next edition of Cookie and a Monster. I'm Garrett C. Wright. Appreciate you making us a part of your day. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow on Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan.